Welcome to One PlayStation Podcast in the Oceanias. My name's John Blight, and joining me on the couch this week, Ashley Hogley. Hey, John, excited to be here. I'm really excited that politicians are getting into gaming. I think this is a new standard we should expect. I really want to see like Trump and all his colleagues playing Among Us together. Can you imagine? I made this joke like a month ago. I feel it was like I'm like if anyone responds to like the Trump response to video game would be some right wing YouTuber playing Call of Duty with Trump and then screaming like it would have to be out there. Like if 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 AOC is playing Among Us and Greg Miller and kind of funny did uh, Animal Crossing with the Biden Joe campaign Biden. people, Biden. like all these very yeah. like pretty cutie games whatever like surely the opposite of that if there's a trump equivalent it has to be like fucking call of duty bro <laughs> or something like that <laughs> no i think he just said it with Fortnite. you know just insert most popular thing possible from his perspective because there's no way anybody there would have realized what Sorry. among us is no i reckon trump would be great at among us i played among- i was playing among us in 2018 I don't know what to tell you. I was doing the wires, doing the, the best wires you've ever seen. And then I walk out, dead body. Um, also, here, Kieran Martin, best, by the way. Best imposter of all time. <laughs> I am not the imposter. Um, wait, so this week we're not doing games 25 through to 100 no, for the no. best of episode 300. Oh. Episode 300, yeah. we're going we'll to come all the way back generation. to the top. Yeah, come all the way back to this generation. Why yeah. don't, we don't Skip know how 200, 200 will do something else, but yeah. we, we 300 will I mean, come back. To be fair, we don't know how long this generation will be, so technically, like, we could still be looping back at episode 300. It could be fine. I don't know. I will just say, you know, obviously we put out our episode Monday. We went live on Friday. I look over at uh, Press Out during this week. We've got the Game of the Generations. Article articles going up, like hmm, something sus here. No, I think they. I'm pretty sure they were. <laughs> They're probably all planned yeah. well in advance, but you know, timing <laughs> couldn't let us have one week. How rude! Jeez. Well, you know. Um, let's. It is. Before we get into this this week's episode, because there's not that much news to talk about, so we we do have a a main topic later of what are our gaming bad habits is what the the we're going to get to a bit later Ooh. in the show. But firstly, because we are two weeks basically, uh, away from the next-gen consoles. I thought, considering we've this nearly become a weekly recurring segment, let's check in where we're at with the next-gen consoles. And most importantly, the first part of this question is, this week, how's Karen feeling about trading in his consoles? Where are we at with that? <laughs> I was, you know, I was still... Two out of three are going, definitely. The, it's still the Project Scorpio. I'm still winning an And then, as you've got it in our work, in our notes already... EB Games sends an email and is like, whoa, do you want like extra trading credit on everything during the week of consoles? I'm like, fuck you guys. (laughs) Like, yes. If you're going to give me an extra, what was it for my level? It's actually like 30%. I'm like, yes. Damn it. That's annoyingly enticing. That's exactly what they're trying to do. You don't have the physical Um, games to get extra trade in, though, do you? No. That's that's the the extra trade in deal is. Trade in your console, tra- trade in your console with games and accessories, and you get an extra percentage on the games and accessories. It's with games and accessories. Yeah, that's okay. I'm already. Wait, that's, no, surely that really? it's just the console. It's just you the don't console, have to. Right? 
Because that sounds like that's like neat. It's just saying practice. all those things are 30% off, I would assume. Yeah. 30, 30% extra. Not that you need to have I mean, to be able to- at worst, you just go buy a couple of games and then you trade them in. You lose maybe like, oh no, you'd probably lose on that. No, actually. no. If you trade in your old console towards your next gen pre-order, you'll get double trade-in bonus or- but, oh, trade it in as well. That's boring. The the Twitter thing literally says oh, double your EB World Trade boring. bonus on all games and accessories traded with your PS4 or Xbox One. Valid between oh, the third. That's not your console. It's that's, the things you trade with your console. Yeah, offered valid for okay. customers with next gen consoles. So there's a lot of okay. asterisks, asterisks on it. You're only getting the extra trading value if you're trading it towards a next gen console, and you're only getting that this extra trading value for stuff that's traded in tandem. With your wow. consoles. Yeah. So this you got is... like a bunch of controllers or <laughs> no, you get the I original don't. version with the Kinect and trade no, that in. This trade is... in the yeah. hmm. Well, looks like uh, the roller coaster continues. <laughs> no, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> see, I th- see I- I'm g- this is great for me because I was sorting through my games the l- last week. And I was trying to sort out like what stuff I'll I'll trade in whatever because I was going to trade in a bunch of stuff to clear out space anyway, um and I was just going to I'm like well if I'm tra- going in to do a big trade I might as well trade in a bunch of stuff anyway. So then when they announced this I'm like awesome glad I hadn't done this last week you know and then I would have been really fucking <laughs> <Suckers>. annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, but this is EV Games being like this is what you get for being digital only people who only buy digital things. It's like fair enough makes sense. Yeah. Makes yeah. perfect sense. I mean, why do they want all the games that people? L- lots gonna of have people because they're gonna, the PS4, thing is, no, 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 it's like oh, series I don't X, know if, series one games. I don't know if I was there a couple. If I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, but when I was in EB Games last, there was the EB Games salesman were trying to sell like a dad and his kid a PS4, mm. and I was just like, "Wow, okay, that's." Uh, I guess you got to do what you got to do. Doesn't surprise me. They didn't give him the option. You go, hey, PS5 is coming. No, there's going to be a lot of people. You're not going to get one until June next year. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to buy old (laughs) gen consoles now that we're rotating to next gen. You know. Yeah, all the people playing PS3s now are getting PS4s. Yeah, but it's very easy to forget because we're in the. Zeitgeist, what we're in the one percent, yeah. Some would say, yeah, like we're we're, <laughs> we're in in the the video games spectrum or whatever. Um, but a lot of people w- don't care or have ha- probably never even upgraded. So lots of people are still going to be buying pre-owned PS4 games. So EB Games stocking up on pre-owned pre-owned games for people upgrading makes sense because then they'll just sell them to the next people. Um, and 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 then. Those people can buy the pre-owned games to put in their PS5 or Xbox Series X with a disc drive. Yeah, I mean, technically, yeah. (laughs) I I guess that's another important point for this generation compared to the last one is that, like, pre-owned PS4 games are still going to be stuff that probably a lot of PlayStation players are going to be buying, and the same for Xbox, because backwards compatibility is, like, a a thing for both consoles this generation, whereas the last one it was, like... Both consoles were a bit. Can you, can't you, for a while? You know, everyone forgets that. Well, they weren't until Xbox was like halfway through the generation before they did. Yeah, it was halfway when Xbox Originals came in. When Philly Spencer came in and cleaned up house. Yeah, and saved the whole console. Yeah. (laughs) Everything around it. Yeah. Pretty much. So, yeah. Um, All right. So, yeah, two two weeks. That's exciting. Next week. It's it's, crazy. It's it's the calm calm before storm. 
Um, Next week we get Watch Dogs Legion, or is that this week? This, this yes, no, it's next, next week. This next week. Thursday. Well, this coming this Thursday. Week, this week where it, this comes out. This comes this out on Thursday. Thursday, so Watch Dogs is and out then on is Thursday. That, yeah. And then uh, that, oh, what is that game? Freaking Phoenix Rises or whatever. No, whatever that game is. Oh, Phoenix, Fe- Phoenix comes Rise. out December 3rd. Is it really? Why did I see that? There was a bunch of previews. There was a bunch of preview coverage. Right. I thought that was coming out more close. Not from ExplosionNetwork.com, so we didn't mention it. So, Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, no, you got Watch Dogs this week. A couple other things. Then everything kind of stops and is coinciding. Next week, the only thing coming out next week is Dirt 5. Other than that, it's fucking quiet. And then... can I also yeah. just just minorly say you'll talk about this obviously on Plaid next week, but just so I get my two dollars on on this one, new PlayStation Store website looks is garbage. Like I went on there yesterday to look at like maybe pre-ordering like Spider-Man stuff. It's really annoying to use. I think it looks it's interesting. Good. The reaction we've seen it looks yeah, it nice, looks good, but it's not functional. No, I think it's a work in yeah. progress. I'm yeah. choosing to believe it's a work in progress anyway. <laughs> choosing it like it's. Rolling out of several stages potentially in the lead up I've to. I've seen so many fun. people say they like it. It's weird. I know. It's it's yeah no. It's lost a bunch of functions though. It doesn't like, really make yeah, sense. this is so good. It's like, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. So two reviews I want to talk about before we get stuck into some new stuff. I reviewed the Red Lantern. Uh, it is a survival slash rogue like game in which you control a uh young young woman who unnamed so she's just called the musha in the game uh, at, the, at the start of the game you get to pick between eight pups basically uh you get to pick four of them and you you, you make a, a team of sled sled dogs important question for the game straight away is can you pet the dogs yes you can pet every single one of your slay dogs at different points in the game um but the the core concept of the game is she's headed out to the alaskan woods uh to basically start a new life because she got sick of the city life and she's trying to get to this this cabin out in the middle of the the woods that her her friend lent her or something like that where she's going to go stay and the entire game is just trying to get to the cabin like it's not get to the cabin and see what happens afterwards it's just get to the cabin so the cabin is the end. The cabin point. is the end point. Yeah. So the roguelike element is you will do a run, you'll run out of food, starve, every or, or a fucking bear will kill you, you'll die. Uh, <laughs> like a whole bunch of random events could happen, and basically each time you die, she, she'll just wake back up in the the van right before you uh, took out on a trip and be like, "Oh, that was a crazy dream." But the like the like most roguelikes where if you die you kind of retain some stuff. It's it's like the first couple of runs you do if you'll stop and you'll investigate like an animal or learn how to get the dogs to hunt birds or something like that. And um or maybe you just run out a heap of food but you've travelled a certain distance. So it'll be like she'll be like, Oh, that was a crazy dream. This time I should bring more food which it's very video gamey in the fact of like <laughs> if you have the choice for more food why aren't why you, just you just bringing it all the, <laughs> the entire time? Like, why are we only thinking to bring it all? Um, and another video, very video gamey aspect of it is like, there's several key upgrades you can get at different points. So like, if you, if you find an axe in the middle of the woods, which help, which helps you chop down bark to, to start fires with, 
if you find that axe, then on future runs, she'll be like, oh, I've suddenly remembered to bring an axe with me on this trip. <laughs> but it's not like she drove home and got it. She's always in the van. There's already one in the There's van. There's one in the There's van, already one but in she the just van. forgets to bring it until you find it. Um, and the same for a fishing rod. If you find a fishing rod out on a rod, uh, run, suddenly she's like, oh, I'll bring this fishing rod with me next time. Uh, but the, the game's core themes is obviously like overcoming high adversity and like what you'll do to push through to achieve something in like these, these, you know, conditions where you've got to hunt. The game tries to make you feel quite bad and does a good job at it for like having to hunt. Like it's like you have to hunt. And every time you go to kill an animal, it's like she, she creeps up and you get this sort of mini game where you have to, um, line up the, like her heartbeat with the, this other symbol or whatever to shoot the animal. And it's especially bad if you fuck it up and you shoot the animal and it doesn't die. Cause then you just hear it like whimper and cry off. And then it's like, well, hopefully nature fixes that or else I'm just going to feel terrible about this goddamn deer that's wandering around with a bullet in it. So it's going to die very slowly and painfully. Um, but. So, so I ended up giving it a six and as much as I, I, I liked it for like the first hour and a half of my three to four hour journey, I think the, the roguelike nature, because it's very repetitive and you see several of the same scenes play out several times, they lose their, um, the impact they had the first couple of times. So like the whole, oh, it's trying to make you feel bad about hunting. And I did for a while, but after you've gone through the same scene of it trying to make you feel bad about hunting several times you're like i'm kind of a bit immune to this at this stage there's another scene where like uh, a random wolf will attack you and your dogs which is scary the first time and like the same for a bear like the first time you run into a bear you're like oh fuck but after you've come across these events several times they 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 lose the the impact they had um unfortunately so i think it's a it's a cool idea for a game i just i I think I would have preferred it to not be a roguelike. I don't know. Like, it kind of works, it, but it doesn't. Does it? Because I know the thing, I guess, we've, we've spoken about it pretty extensively with Hades kind of being the big roguelike of this year. I think the masterful thing about Hades is the fact that that game feels like you're always progressing forward and you're never retreading ground. Mm. Like, there's always story elements going on around it, whether that be things going back on in the House of Hades when you get back or interactions you have with different bosses or different characters while you're doing a run. Um, does that kind of now set the the kind of the quote-unquote kind of bar for roguelikes going forward with avoiding repetitive natures of their game? To a degree. This definitely doesn't have the... This definitely feels so, so much more repetitive than Hades does. Yeah, especially because, like, Hades, not only are you getting fed story elements, but you're also getting fed like you're always feeling like you're getting a, a more powerful, and the, the gameplay just never becomes boring, and the, the story yeah. never becomes boring because it always feels like there's something moving ahead. And even like your the home base area, whatever, whatever you call it, like Hell, whatever House of Hades, Hades yeah, like yeah. the fact that yeah. changes as the game progresses as well. So it, everything about that game is constantly changing. Whereas this yeah. game, it's just after you've done it s- several runs, it is that okay, I've seen this, kind of sick of it now. I just want to get past it, and you, you're doing a lot of the I same mean, things because the, the the gameplay literally is. I forgot to say, I got lost amongst my complaints, but the gameplay literally is the slay slay dogs will move you forward. And because it's Alaskan woods, it's just a lot of ice and 
not much else. Like it's a very barren landscape to look at. It's not super exciting to look at once you've played it for several hours. But it's like each think of it a map broken up into squares, and as you travel across one square, a random event will always trigger in there. So it's like you'll run into a deer and then you get to choose to stop to hunt the deer or not stop to hunt the deer. If you choose to stop and hunt the deer, you'll lose one bar of energy, but you could potentially get food. So if you see a random shining thing off in the distance, if that's a random event, that could be a bullet. So you have to choose to to stop there and not stop there. And then the resource management becomes like, okay, I need food, so I have to stop, get this. Or like sometimes... You don't need food, but the dogs need food, or maybe no one needs food, so you're better off like not using any actions to to try and find other things like ways to start fires to to weigh off the cold or whatever else. So it's kind of like a text based adventure, really. With this, yeah, I was about to say that's what it more sounds like. It sounds like an adventure story that you just happen to lose a lot, yeah, and have to start all over again, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting game, interesting mix of ideas. Yes, I I I don't think it came together as much as I, I think it could. I would have preferred this to just be a walking simulator, I think. Like, just a straight-up journey to the cabin where you can die and there's checkpoints and it, it, it really gets to hammer home the, the themes of, like, how dire it would be to, you know, try and survive on a couple bits and pieces and a couple bullets and starting your own fires out in the woods and, you know, that sort of thing, but nonetheless. Um the second, not a review, but preview. So I put up a early, early access preview thing for Second Extinction. Been playing. I've played a, a, ch- a chunk of that over the last week. Uh, second Extinction. In case you don't remember what the game is, it was announced in Xbox's first third-party showcase thing, like right at the start of the year, where they were like, "We're going to show Xbox Series X games third-party only," and then people that one. Anyway, that's where second edition was. It. Yeah, um, it was. It's basically uh, dead. Oh, sorry, it's basically left for dead in co- uh, combo with uh, galactic rock. Whatever the fuck, I'm mental blanking on that game's name now. The the dwarf mining one or whatever the fuck. Uh, oh, uh, galactic uh, yeah. freaking yes, yeah, your best. <laughs> that one I I that I've been yes, playing, and I'll just pull up my Steam super quickly while I yes. re remind. It's like a, it's like a combination of both those games because it is three player teams co op where you land on Earth. The Earth is now infested by dinosaurs, and you do missions to try and put a stop to dinosaurs where you shoot a lot of fucking dinosaurs like you shoot a lot of zombies in left for dead however the deep rock deep rock galactic that's it but the the overall structure of like having a a bigger map and objectives and side objectives and not being run down a linear path like left for dead i guess that's the 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 key difference here so you you always drop into the same map the earth map you can choose where you drop in you just pick your your mission ahead of time you can just run and do the key mission the quote-unquote story mission if you want to which is sometimes like go here kill these dinosaurs or go here inside this mine kill dinosaurs blow up mine kill a bunch of dinosaurs extract or amongst doing the main objectives you can then explore the um the map and you can do secondary objectives which helps get you uh, materials to upgrade your guns just fuck around have have a great time get killed by t-rex because they fucking suck um these sorts of things, and the, the the map also uses a um uh global war efforts thing, 
So more people are, where everyone playing together helps shape which areas of the map are overrun by uh, different levels of dinosaurs. So if a lot of people are dropping into the one area of the map and cl- constantly constantly clearing that one area of the map out of dinosaurs then that area becomes low ranking which means you're not going to get high level rewards there there's also not going to be uh many tough dinosaurs there but if a lot of people ignore certain parts of the map you can actually trigger an, uh, an event in the game where it's like this now has fuck ton of you know fucking t-rexes there massive dinosaurs ones you gotta look out for go absolutely batshit crazy um I think for like, as considering it's in early access, there, like I ran into a couple bugs and nothing you, nothing too crazy outside of what you'd expect in your normal early access stuff. I think my, my key complaint about the game so far is that its guns just don't feel super satisfying. Like all of the guns feel really underpowered. And in a game where there's lots of really cool explosions and the explosions in this game look really cool, great explosions. Uh, it's just disappointing that lots of the other weapons don't hold up to the bar. Like I use the Gatling gun character because I feel like that gun just had the best like rounds to power or whatever. But then like the assault rifle feels piss weak. The shotgun is disgustingly underpowered. Like the most, uh, nothing pisses me off more in game like this than picking up the shotgun and just going into a game with it and just being like, why, why would anyone use this? This like this, does not feel good. This is not fun. This is not a good shotgun. Shotgun should feel fun. Uh, even the rocket launcher, like it lets off lots of explosions, but then it doesn't appear to do much damage. So I feel like all of the guns need lots of tweaking and that, and that could uh, change a lot about the game. Of course, you can complain somewhat about the amount of content that's in the game. You've got nine main missions and you, you can go through those pretty quickly, but it is early access. So they may add more, obviously, before the, the full release. Uh, but once you hit level five, you start getting, you can choose contracts, which are basically your daily missions, whatever. But they, I like how they let you pick them. So instead of just being like, here's your three random daily missions for today, you can pick three, complete those three, and then pick three more if you want. Like it, it you can continue playing the game kind of as, as, as much as you want to kind of thing. But, um, I'm enjoying it. I think. Shooting dinosaurs, buying mutant dinosaurs is a lot of fun, especially when we're overrun with uh, zombie games at this stage. I like the design of the dinosaurs. I like how they've incorporated this bio-mutant theme to it. So you'll, you you have your normal little sort of dinosaurs running around. They'll just try and bite you. But then there's some other ones that are infested with like electricity and they'll kind of turn into bolts of electricity and, and dart around the map and they're, they're fucking weird. you got another one that shoots green goo at you and land on the ground or burn you so you got to run out of the path of that if you run into the the t-rex if you enrage it enough it literally turns into a a red glowing rage machine that'll fucking insta kill you like there's some cool designs and cool ideas here um and hopefully a lot of it gets tweaked a little bit more before release but i I think if all of it turns out well when it officially launches into full release when it launches on xbox series x and xbox one as well could be one of uh, next year's key co-op shooters, like if they get everything lined up and tweaked. Um, you only had, had to play a little bit with me, but was there any like first impressions you had off the, the little bit, either of you? Um, I enjoyed it. It was, I think I I was the sniper character for it, and I think the sniper character echoes what you were saying about guns, where 
in a game where you're surrounded by a horde of enemies, your first thing is the sniper should be, you know, heavily powerful in terms of it's slow to shoot, but it should blow away anything really that you shoot if you get a decent shot on it. Um, I guess the other thing is its secondary weapon should be something a little bit more substantial than a handgun because the moment anything gets too close to you, it's like you're kind of screwed. Um, I thought the game itself was pretty good. Um, I guess the one map we played, I didn't love it in terms of level design. I thought the level design was a little bit I mean, there's only one bland. map, so. Well, the area of the the area of the map. Sorry, we were in. Yes, the area of the map we were in was a bit bland, Uh, but the dinosaurs were cool. Uh, I think it's really interesting that this is coming out at the same time. Valve has finally released a new uh, mission for Left 4 Dead Dead Two. To be fair, that was a Uh, community thing that they. uh, Yes, yes, it was. It's just interesting that this this kind of game is having a small resurgence currently when we had that point in time where we had like Left 4 Dead 2 and then a couple, I think it was a year or two later, we had Evolve kind of appeared and that went free to play. Um, it's, it's interesting, but I think it's fun. It's got a lot of potential to it. Uh, it's one of those games where I think I'd like to wait for it to be polished a little bit more before I played it again, um, just to really kind of get the best experience out of it. Ash, did you have any? No, I think we covered most of it. Uh, I used the grenade launcher mostly uh, for the main match that we played, uh, which was fun. I mean, seeing the dinosaurs blow up is amusing. Uh, obviously, <laughs> you know, like flying everywhere. Uh, yeah, obviously there's a lot of systems and a lot of depth. I feel like once you upgrade your weapons, maybe they'll feel better. But yeah, straight out of the box, they didn't feel the greatest. Um yeah, and the map is not fantastic. I think we got lost several times or went certain directions in which were impassable or fell off a cliff to our deaths. Originally. There wasn't much maneuverability about the characters. Like there Only was no, one character has know. a dash, like to help move around the map. Yeah. yeah. Like like even like the the problem with the um sniper when I was playing him was there was no way for me to get like a high ground advantage or like position myself in a spot that is better for me where I wasn't instantly able to be swarmed by the dinosaurs. It was like, there's no, there wasn't much verticality, verticality to the game in terms of that kind of movement. So I hope that does get added. Yes. And I mean, the big dinosaurs are fun to try and take down. Yeah. Uh, Like we said, I think we, Dylan was like always constantly going with, do they have a T-Rex? And we finally came across one. (laughs) We like shot it from like the top of a hill and it like started running at us and uh, stomped us constantly. <laughs> <laughs> it was an asshole. Um, yeah. yeah, so the, there are some cool, like, I, I'm hoping they add more dinosaurs as the early access progresses, but some of the, the cool ideas they have is that the big ones require like a puzzle element to take down, I guess. Like the big turtle one, you have to get it to flip on its back to, to shoot its weak spot underneath the. There's the other charging one, which you basically have to shoot off its armor plates on its side to shoot at its flesh, and that's the the best way to damage it. So, uh, and the T Rex has a weak spot like under its neck. Like they're, they're easy to spot, but it it means that there's at least something more than just shoot it a lot to die kind of thing. I will say I saw someone unf- unfairly on Twitter when I um, po- after I looked for the second extinction hashtag, I saw someone complain, like, why would anyone play this when there's a new Left 4 Dead update? And I'm like, I don't think that's quite fair to compare 
this in early access to Left 4 Dead, which was out and has been polished and, you know, is a well-loved game that just received a brand new content drop. You know, di- completely different uh, apples oranges there, so. I don't know. So, only a couple of pieces of news to go over this week. The first one, I don't particularly care about this, but I do feel like it was worth pointing out considering Nintendo is just continuing on a certain trend. So, Kotaku writes that 30 years later, the original Fire Emblem is getting localized for Switch. Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light, the game that kicked the turn-based strategy series off, is finally getting an English version on December Fourth, the game will be about $8 to download, but Nintendo is also releasing a special 30th anniversary edition of the game for $70, complete with a replica box, game cartridge, newly localized game manual, map, 222-page art book. There's a hitch, though, and stop me if you've heard this before. Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light will only be available to buy digitally until March 31st, 2021. This makes no sense. This is so dumb. Stop doing it, Nintendo. Maybe it could be an interesting thing, you know? Like, maybe that's their plan going forward. Listen, all the games we put out this year, they're only available until March 31st, the following year. And then you'll never be able to buy them again. I don't like that this Scarcity. is a continuing trend. This is, uh, like... Buy it now. You d- Don't wait. I mean, the prices are never going to go down, so you might as well. God forbid, some like, Sony doesn't follow this trend somehow. Like, God forbid, that would be... Why would Sony follow this? Because they're, you know, they're the closest one. I don't like, think... Yeah, this is Japanese weird... Company. This is a Nintendo an being Nintendo one. weird thing. I, and I don't I, I don't like it. I don't know. Like, obviously, I said I, 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 I'm I part of the problem because I brought fucking the, the Mario 35th anniversary collection. So, I mean, the real reason is they want to release a 36th anniversary edition next year, so... I don't think you understand, like, how anniversary... <laughs> they don't care. Versus- 35's not an important anniversary. <sighs> I don't think 36 is either. Um, but no, I, I don't like it's this. It's just as important. No one should buy this. We should stop fucking allowing this. Well, I mean, you should buy it if you want it. I mean... But- yeah, I can't say no because I brought the Mario. But, um, but like <laughs> I said with Mario, after I brought it, is that really I shouldn't have brought it. So I'm saying that if you... Can allow yourself not to buy it. It's probably the right thing to do is to not buy. It. Look, but you like, never know when you'll be able to buy it again, so probably should buy it. Look, it, for me, this at the same time, this ties in with fucking Ash. Um, <laughs> this ties in perfectly. This ties in really well with also the. I don't think we have it in the show notes, but just very quickly to mention the uh, recent comments made by Alex Hutchinson um, of uh, Stadia's creative, uh, one of the creative directors for Stadia. So, so if you want to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in short. No, like, I'm in, not, in like, short, if you want to bring like, that up. He, he, is, he works in a game development team that was brought by Stadia. So I understand that because for some reason he has it in Twitter, on his Twitter profile that says he's creative director at Stadia. It doesn't Stadia. represent Everyone Stadia. on Twitter has gone, fuck you, dude, who's the creative director of Stadia. This dude did no, not create yeah, yeah. Stadia. <laughs> like, just no, to clarify. No, no. He's no. of their Montreal He's a game Studios director who, used, is, he, who worked yes. on, like, Far Cry 4, and his last game he released was um, Journey to the uh, Savage Planet, 
which I reviewed at the start of the year and was, uh, quite yep. enjoyed. But like, just to clear up that, because I can't believe that yes. our people- No, I wasn't going to let that. Twitter, no, Twitter like ran that. with that and I'm like, he's not, he didn't, Fact the dude people. didn't create Stadia. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Alex has actually coming out and saying that streamers, people should be paying licenses for um, games that they're intending to, to stream, which has very quickly been kind of, not only kind of squashed by the community, but even Google themselves have kind of come out and said, hey, we don't right. share this opinion. Like, let's just... Well, on that, distance. the ship's already sailed. It was too late. Yes. If you wanted yeah. to do that, you should have done it 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of the things where, and it's interesting where these are now, these licensing kind of discussions are happening in terms of not only licensing for streamers, but then also these, okay, you're only able to buy the game for this long. That's... That's all that matters. You you'll keep the license once you purchase it, but nobody else can buy a new one after this time. It's like, why are we? Why are people enforcing this in it? I guess if Nintendo are trying to use this as a method of Boosting seeing sales. if this entices people to pay for stuff, because we already know Nintendo products, especially especially their games, just don't fall in price. Like especially Nintendo kind of first party games, like they just stick their prices forever and you know i was recently looking at maybe picking up pokemon and i was like still full price for most places like that's you know um Only on ebay oh no yeah. you don't want to buy don't want to buy a physical copy do you you see di- i'm a bit different <laughs> with nintendo because i'm a bit weird about nintendo's digital store even though i've already purchased it but um yeah it's just um I, I don't feel like it's very strange that they're trying to use this as a selling tactic to get people to purchase um, their games as soon as possible rather than waiting. I don't think it's out of character for Nintendo because, like, there was all those reports that they kind of throttled am- amiibo productions from back in the day, you know, like to help uh, fluctuate the, the like the FOMO feeling, so they would always sell out. And this kind mm. of screams of the similar approach of, like, going after people's FOMO. He's a limited edition. And people, you know, FOMO is a very effective tactic. I mean, it is. People buy it, but I, I don't think it's on. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not, it's not <laughs> particularly a pa- tactic I'd like to encourage any uh, company to to go after. And, um, yeah, I yeah, know. I, I hope it's not a continuing trend. And this is the second game. Same, no. I mean, it's the third one, like the fucking uh, Super Mario, whatever it was called, uh, thirty-five, thirty-five, the Battle Royale one that has a limited time on it as well. So, yep. yeah, but you're not paying for that. So I know, but I don't get it. <laughs> I, I I don't understand. I don't. I. It's one of those things where it's like I think when it was originally announced for the uh, All Star, like the All Star collection, we were like, oh. They're just trying to buffer their financial year kind of stance, yeah. stats here. By yeah, I mean, the, the, the end day was literally of, the last day of the physical year, so yeah. <laughs> it was pretty obvious. Yes, which was like, oh, okay, I could kind of understand that a little bit. But now that it's happening again, you're like, Nintendo, don't make this a norm. Yeah. Like, don't make I this mean, your, your I don't have a problem with it. It's like any all these fast food restaurants that have limited edition burgers or whatever. They could just no, as easily put not, it on the menu all the time. That. They could put that on the menu all the time, but they choose not to. To increase no, anticipation. No, 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 no. So, the, <laughs> coming from <laughs> coming from McDonald's and coming from yeah. understanding that a little bit more, 
most of the times those limited edition things have items or ingredients that you have to specifically yes. order and purchase and they could order those product they could order those items no 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 but they're the ordering those items they're ordering those items specifically for that burger so no matter so if even if it's a case of oh that burger's doing crap oh crap we've, we it doesn't matter cuz they've like we use these ingredients for other things whereas for a digital store it's not like they're having to purchase specially developed servers to store the data on. It's not like that. They might it's be. It's literally <laughs> the same shit they use for everything else on their store. Fuck off, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing unique or special about them that needs it to be limited time. I don't know how much it costs to put this stuff on the store. Probably nothing because they're Nintendo. And they already have everything else on the store. I, you know, I'd understand if the whole store was like limited time only, and it would rotate and shuffle itself. I'd be then I'd be like, okay, maybe they've got some weird infrastructure going on. Maybe this is some Nintendo thing, sure, but come on, yeah. Well, if this was Xbox, it would be a different story. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I would also be like, what the fuck, Xbox? Because they definitely don't have an excuse for it. No. I don't think anyone has an excuse well, for it. That's, that's... Uh, talk, talking about Xbox, though, so they, they posted up this past week uh, their official, the full list of ex- everything you can be excited about that's going to be day one Xbox Series X. So let's read through the full list of games and see how, how everyone feels about this being a launch lineup for the Xbox. So, And this does include smart delivery titles, of course. So point out. So you got Assassin's Creed Valhalla smart delivery, Borderlands three smart delivery, Bright Memory one point Cuisine Royale smart delivery, Dead by Daylight smart delivery, Devil May Cry five special edition, Dirt five smart delivery, Enlisted Evergate, The Falconeer smart delivery, Fortnite Forza Horizon four smart delivery, Gear five smart delivery, Gears Tactic smart delivery, Grounded smart delivery, King Oddball smart delivery, Man Eater. Smart Delivery, Manifold Garden, Smart Delivery, NBA 2K21, Observer System Redux, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, Smart Delivery, Planet Coaster, Smart Delivery, Sea of Thieves, Smart Delivery, Tetris Effect Connected, Smart Delivery, The Tourist, Smart Delivery, War Thunder, Smart Delivery, Warhammer Chaos Bane Slayer Edition, Watchdogs Legion, Smart Delivery, WRC 9 FIA World Rally Championship, Smart Delivery, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Smart Delivery, and yes, your grace, smart delivery. So, as a day one launch lineup, Kieran, are you excited about booting up your Xbox Series X? It's a it's hard. Not <laughs> there's nothing that overly excites me. But on the other hand, it's there's nothing that overly excites me. Like I think, on based on excitement or new things to play, PlayStation kind of wins because I'm excited for Spider Man and I'm excited for Demon Souls and stuff like that. Um. Whereas this has stuff where I'm like, oh, okay, Ori and the Will-O-Wisp, I've never played it, but I would, you know, maybe it's worth jumping into on the day one because there's nothing else to kind of jump into. Like, there's there's a lot of things to kind of test and play and, and, and experience. Um, I guess it's, it's hard to defend this one um, in terms of, I could easily say the classic Xbox is in this for the long haul. They're not trying to burn brightly at the start. They're trying to endurance this a little bit. Um, I think everything coming from 
what we know of the console and developers that I think the embargo lifted on a lot of the information for the Xbox One X for a lot of people recently. Um, and the discussion about how it improves current games is very positive. Um, and for a lot of it, there, you know, it's not like you're having to buy these games. Like a, a good portion of these games are going to be available on Games Pass. Like it, it's you're going to have access to it just without buying anything new. So, in, other than the console, of course. So, I think it's got its good points and it's got its bad points. It's like you know, if Netflix opened up day one, and it has like like for those excited for Like a Dragon, awesome. But from all reports, it's like Like a Dragon's a good game, but it doesn't kind of show off the extent of the console or it doesn't present itself as a next gen kind of pillar stone or anything. So I think um, it's interesting to see their starting point. And I think it kind of lessens the blow for me of not getting one on launch day. Um, Even though I'm slightly more excited recently for Assassin's Creed Valhalla with stuff I've been reading and watching of that, which is kind of... I got an island. Yeah, they're going to Ireland at some point. I'm yeah, Paris. Kill those Irish people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can always play on your PS5. It's fine. Nah, the thing is, I'm saving Assassin's Creed for my Xbox, so I have something to play on my Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, I feel there's so many games. I feel like I know what your there's thoughts. Twenty nine other games on this list. <laughs> your thoughts on the uh, launch lineup, Ash? It's fine. <laughs> well, there's like a handful of actual new games. Um, None of them really stand out ish. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's there's fine. no, there's no centerpiece. Like, there's no crown jewel, right? Yeah, there's, there's no, no. Yeah, if it had, a, I feel like obviously the Halo thing killed it. Is a massive blow. Yeah. If there had been, guess what? Halo Day One, boom, that would have been a big selling point. Now, unless they just don't want to upset all the people who didn't get it, Xbox Day One. Yeah. I don't think that comes into it though. No, it's it's not. Obviously, the Halo no. thing was completely <laughs> development. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's fine. See, I'm of two minds with the the Xbox. When I look at this list of games, I go, no one's buying a console for this list of games. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. No yeah. one's buying this. However, I have been, uh, ever since people started getting their hands on the, the Series X... I've just been, you know, divulging in as many videos as I can, uh, especially like places like uh, Digital Foundry. Every time they've published a, a video on the, the Series X, like delving into the, some of the features. Like uh, last night, as of recording, they put out one about the Series X's HDR auto feature, which adds HDR to games that don't have HDR. Um, and they, they tested it with a bunch of games to be like, and so they, they showed off things like Arkham Knight. They're like, looks great in this. Then they showed like Dark Souls 2 and it made it look like the brightness was turned up to a thousand and made it look like trash. So it's very hit or miss feature, but I'm enjoying watching them show off a bunch of new features for the, this Series X that does make the console guy like if you're g- getting a Series X, um, one of some, some of the stuff I'm most excited to do with my Series X is just boot up old games. Like there's nothing. Yes, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, completely agree. Everybody's just like, like people, so many people that have access to these consoles already are like, "Look, there was nothing new I booted up really, but I like booted up this old game that I really love." Like, say Alana Pierce for the, I think I mentioned this last week, booted up Fable, and it's like, and they're like, 
it runs amazingly. Like it runs so well. Like it, it's it's just even without being optimized, it runs really well. It's it's exciting. Yeah. I think that's the because so, because so many games through Xbox's backwards compatibility and like the the features that they've got going between the fact that it's making a lot of old games play at sixty or increased uh, resolutions or like with this auto HDR feature, there's lots of stuff that. It's just going to make it more of a backwards compatibility machine, like, and of of course, like the PS Five that they they've said, you know, they've got this PS Four Boost mode that's that's going to turn some games, including ones we know about, including like Ghost of Tsushima, is going to play at sixty, um, maybe increase increase resolution. I don't know, but they've confirmed it's going to play at sixty on PS Five, so that's cool and all. But the the Series X does have going for it; it has a much larger backwards compatibility library because it has not just last gen, but previous gens like um one of the videos they showed off in a digital uh digital foundry thing was um i'm mental blanking on the same like one of the, the old school original xbox probably arcade, like conquer no, or it was like, like original that? xbox arcade game like it's the like a okay. twin stick type uh shooter thing but i can't remember the fucking name of it um not geometry Wars yeah geometry Wars. Like that, that's right? it Geometry so Wars? they showed off yeah. geometry wars one with auto hdr and because that game has just so many, like everything explodes into a bunch of colors. It looks really fucking good. Like it looks like a brand new game using that 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 feature. Um, I was watching the footage of it last night. I'm like, holy fuck, this looks really good. Considering that's like a OG arcade Xbox title. Yes. So yep. there's lots of things about this Series X that's going to make you dive into your not just last gen, but even before. Like you're mentioning a line of Pierce with Fable. Like that's not last gen. That's Two gens ago, two, yeah. two gens ago. So yeah. the the backwards compatibility library of the, the the Series X is just a lot more intriguing. And if I'm going to go backwards compatibility diving on any console, it's definitely going to be the uh, the Series X. But yeah, th- this launch lineup, no one's buying the console for this. Anyone buying the console is already in but, the Xbox ecosystem, or yes. they, they, they don't care. But no, no one on the fence is buying a console for this library. But I think you know? I think Xbox has already done a fantastic job of winning people over, despite this list. Like even with that, like what we know of with the Bethesda sale and how freaking batshit crazy pre-orders went for the Xbox. I think the Xbox is well ahead what many people would have projected six months ago for the console. Um, I mean, it's hard to tell because yeah. you don't know how much stock they've got. Yeah. We won't know actual numbers until yeah, like 12 months sold. from now. Yep. So, um, yeah. It's interesting. Which the, the, this whole launch, given just what this year has been and w- what's happening, it's going to be interesting to see the the numbers, I guess, uh, like even just six months in, if they give like, like us numbers six months in kind of thing. You, you know who will be winning? when the first person to give you their numbers because no one's going to give you their numbers unless they're if they're, if crap. they're, if they're yeah. crap so the first company that goes here's how many we've sold it they're telling out they're putting that information out there because they know that's good numbers and if the another company doesn't follow suit and say here's how much ours is it's because they're there less. are a lot less yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i i oh, expect them to be close though to be fair yeah i, I wouldn't expect them to be i don't think I don't think it's going to be lopsided I, at all. I think potentially, I still don't know, like the <laughs> the swing countries. Um, like, I, it'll still be interesting to see how like Japan does with the Xbox because, like, I'm I'm interested in like six to eight months time on an episode of Arcade Couch where we're listening to Ashley downplay the numbers of Game Pass. 
he's always going to play downplay <laughs> numbers of game pass. Even I don't know. I feel like I was pretty pretty open about it when we talked about the accounts not long ago, a few weeks ago. When I say downplay, though, you, your your talk of can't be sustainable. They can't actually be making money off this. Well, they keep buying studios, so it's getting harder to <laughs> harder to sustain, doesn't it? <laughs> Um, all right, last thing I want to talk about is the Monster Hunter World trailer. So this dropped last week. Uh, I didn't bring it up because didn't feel like it was just worth chucking into the the hundred episode one hundred. But uh, what a what a trailer! So in case anyone doesn't know, Monster Hunter <laughs> the movie uh, stars uh, Milo Jovic is directed by um, her husband Paul, Paul W W S Anderson. Uh, also stars a bunch of other people, including uh, fucking uh, Tony Jaa. Sorry, yeah, Tony, Tony Jaa ja. and um, I was trying. To, what's the rapper's name? I can't remember. <laughs> fucking whatever his name is. Um, and the in case you don't know the Monster Hunter universe, uh, even if you haven't played the games, it's pretty simple. It's a fucking fantasy is it universe. Ti, hey, yeah, it's Ti. That's it. Ti. It's a it's a fantasy yep. universe. The games are where there's you know mo- monsters and people hunt them. So when they turned it into a movie. They've gone, you know what? Instead of having it just set in that fantasy universe where we've got fantasy characters and they hunt monsters, let's have it be about American military who get sucked into a tornado vortex, who, which transports them to an alternate dimension where they have to deal with <laughs> the monsters because so, reasons. <laughs> They've reskinned Planet of the it's, Apes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I find it very confusing. It's so bad. <laughs> like, I don't know why and how um it's happening but i guess i'm gonna watch it okay <laughs> so, <laughs> you know so uh ash ha- needs to get that then they wanted to get that american military propaganda money i mean yeah I've, I've seen that <laughs> you too could accidentally be transported uh, to an alternate dimension suck, transported to an alternate dimension join the american you join, join the army now the marines yeah. uh what do you make of the tra- well, trailer enroll it's fine it looks like a dumb action movie <laughs> it looks like it looks like a paul ws anderson movie yeah you know you gonna uh, watch it yeah maybe purely because <laughs> it's like the only thing coming out in cinemas yeah <laughs> i mean i mean they must have some sort of faith either they've got some sort of faith in it pushing it forward into december this year or they're like that's the best chance we've got of making any money at all when there's the least possible it might do better because there's no competition now so than what it would have if they'd released it in a non-covid cinema state you know maybe just because the odd straggler will come in and watch it somewhere to sit for a few hours eat some popcorn uh kieran what'd you make sadly it just kind of fits into that same bubble of the resident evil movies like, it just feels the same, where it's, like, this weird, dumb action movie using a gaming title um, and then changing it for its own benefits. It's just, uh, yeah, it's not it's not exciting. I, I feel bad, because I like, I feel like I can like most of the Resident Evil movies. Like, I don't love them, but I, I've watched all of them, and I would, I could... I I enjoyed most of them for what they were, you know. Like I saw all of them in the cinema by the, the first one, I think. Um and they did get worse as they went along. But I feel like just this I, I was so disappointed with the setup for this cuz I remember they released the first picture and it was just them running through the desert or whatever. I was like, "Oh, yeah, cool. Like they got weapons, whatever." Yeah. You know. Looked like I guess Monster Hunter. 
But then when you watch the trailer and they're like, oh, they're a tank. What? I'm like, oh, it's kind of disappointing. I would have been a lot more into this if they just done. It's a, it's set in the game's world. Oh, if they you know. just gone 100%, yeah. go balls in on what Monster Hunter is. Yeah. Do it. Make it some zany Japanese freaking over-the-top game movie. Do it. Yeah. I'm all in for that. Make zany weapons that make no sense. Because now it just looks like a kaiju movie. Like a... Just, it looks like just it's, Godzilla, it's like a... The like, ja- isekai. Like, yeah, I was about to say. It's an isekai. is the Japanese version of it. Well, the type, the genre for this kind of thing. Where it's like... Yeah. Person gets transform- transported into a different yeah, world. and there's it's monsters, like, so... Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if I feel just, like those monsters were meant to be more significant, then they probably yeah. Whereas if I seemed like I feel like if they'd stuck the fancy setting, it would have been a lot more interesting, no? Like yeah, I don't know just <laughs> and also not to but then we wouldn't have any guns and like how do you kill things without guns? Yeah, what a, what a pro- problem to overcome. Also, I love that. <laughs> I'm looking at the trailer now. Uh, I love at the start of this. It looks like they're ripping off Mad Max Fury Road, where they're like driving into a fucking um, storm. S- storm, you know, like what a glorious day! <laughs> fucking off, off we go into the into the fucking Mad Max storm. Uh, I will say to give one more thing of like positive since instead of just fully shooting on it, the monsters do look pretty solid, like CGI wise. I mean, you know, because none of us are big fans, so I can't really comment on like how authentic they are to the uh, source material but looking at their designs and what they look like in the the trailer at least it looks they they look pretty pretty solid pretty scary you know like give it give it that at least you know i mean it's got that but then it's got its scripts and the most cheesy action dialogue possible yeah well this is way above my pay grade (laughs) (laughs) um terrible yeah all right, so just before we get into one of our bad gaming habits as the side tangent, I, of course, have to bring up and give my <laughs> quick impressions on Mario Kart. Oh, no, he's... <laughs> oh, no. Oh. What? It's, so this is... If you're watching the video version, you get... You, oh, that looks heaps You get something that everyone else okay. doesn't. So this is the uh, Mario for Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. And it, I think it's a little bit bigger than what I expected it to be, honestly, when I got it out of the box. Like, it's not, obviously, it's, it's not huge. It was never going to be huge. It doesn't actually weigh that much, which I was surprised at, considering it's got a um, camera or whatever built into it. But it's pretty simple. Like, it just has a button on the, the side that turns it on. You've got a button. You've got a thing on the, the side that flicks up here to, to charge it. And uh, you, you, to, to hook it up and play it, I was expecting it to be kind of convoluted because A, weird new technology, and B, Nintendo. So I expected it to be fucking convoluted and not really work. But you you, you go into the e-store, you download the app, so you download it. Then uh, when you boot up the game, it comes up with a, like a little QR code on the screen, and then you just hold, you turn on the cart and you hold the camera up to it. And it scans the QR code, and that that syncs your cart to the game. I'm like, that's cool. Off we go. It, it lights up. They put you you put your little cart thing on the ground, and then um, Mario disappears down a tube in the in the game screen. And then where's he come out on the end on the on the game? In your house, doesn't he? In your <laughs> house. <laughs> um, so uh. I'm enjoying this quite a bit. Uh, 
I've I think I've played it more than Kieran already said I would, which is uh, I'd play it once and put it away and never play it again. So I've 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 picked it up a couple times. Um, probably would have played it more if I didn't have other, thing, other things to do. In fact, I th- I think the key thing for it is this: that the thing that makes it more interesting. I'm using this more than I would if it was a normal go kart, and the key reason yep. why is because the the game encourages you to constantly change up the tracks and because you can build the tracks i guess if you have any sort of if you get any sort of joy out of that like just mucking around and building like sorts of things uh to a degree i think that helps keep the the game alive and fresh because even if you change the course slightly so you can't build a massive one because it only has like a five meter radius i think like you can't be five meters away from your cart like that's the, the max length so you, you can't build like a course around your entire fucking house and like sit inside and play it on your tv and you, you can't do that but so you set up courses and even if you're doing it in the same room like i figured out i could have the cart go under the the living room table and that was a game changer because i'm like oh fuck i've got like a tunnel built now if i can build this system up here and <laughs> so because you get four main gates and that's your uh, your course. It's cool technology. I like the way it works. So you get four main gates that you have to drive under and create your course. But then you also get like two arrow ones. And and, and when they light up in the game, they, they appear like, uh, you know, in racing games where there's like arrows that say like this area is blocked off, like they're there. So you don't really need to use them. But because they're cool, I use them to block off areas of my house when I was driving around because it's uh, kind of exciting. Um. And the other thing carried on the end of the sick as a positive for this, because I don't think they said this. At, I don't remember re- reading about this when they announced it or whatever, but there's like lots of unlockables. So that also helps you to keep playing. And there's lots of different variations of the, the tracks. So and by tracks, this way it gets confusing. So it's like you're building the track in your house. However, there's different, as per normal Mario Kart games, there's different uh, circuits of like three different races. And the way they change them is like, if a, if a level's like a water level, it'll have like your screen blue tinted and then under the gate, yeah. there'll be like different monsters or different things like that. So there's like different things, different themes. Yeah. So it, it does as much as it can to keep it alive, given you're racing around, presumably you're racing around your same house over and over again. And you can, you can change the, the, the tracks and you can build just like circles or zigzags or, you know, longer versions, do, do whatever you want. But like, some some tracks will have um like piranha plants hanging off the the gates so you have to like dodge them as you you go under so they, they do as much as they can to keep the game feeling uh fresh and fresh and alive i've seen lots of people having i, I have no pets running around my house to, to chase it unlike kieran's has there at my bit um i've seen i've been enjoying seeing lots of people have um <laughs> pets because then it suddenly it turns into a You've got you've got the piranha plants in game trying to 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 kill your cart, but then also people have their real animals trying to, to kill the cart. But no, it's yeah. uh, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, freaked out cats. Yes, <laughs> my oh my bird didn't like it, but I mean that was in a cage, so I couldn't really didn't have much choice about it. But um, no, it's a uh, I think I think it's really solid. I I think it's cool use of technology like AR technology in like combined with the game, whatever else. Um, obviously, uh. The, the biggest negative for it is the one that everyone would have that you know buying it, which is that you, unless you're going to move it around heaps of 
of your different rooms or you're going to take it to someone else's house or so, something like that, eventually you will probably get sick of driving around your exact same living room. Is yeah. Is the connection through the Wi-Fi? Uh, or yes. is it? Yeah. Because I was going to say, you could take it like handheld mode and take it like down to the park or something. I believe you can, yes. Potentially. Yes. Well, that opens it up. Yeah. Next you can do it, yeah. You can go yeah. anywhere. Because even if you couldn't do that, you could just hook it up for your phones like Hotspot. So you can do yeah. whatever you want, yeah. I, I know, like, if I had the more time, I would love to. And I've, I've dreamt about it. Maybe I still will one day if I. I've dreamt about well, it. Well, I, I just think I've dreamt about. I think it would be really fun to to spend a day just making it a really um like using books and elaborate random other things like to make a like full on ramp. Yeah, like a full on ramp or whatever because you can basically do whatever you want, which is is fun. I, I will say the other thing that's it, that's kind of cool about it is that um so it changes. There there is fifty cc, hundred cc. Like there's the different CCs yeah. and the cart actually goes at different speeds, like not just in the game, but they actually throttle the, the cart speed. So it changes. Um, and the same for, you know, how in Mario Kart, you, you, you know, you do a jump drift and like to, to activate your boost. And if you activate the boost, it does, the cart does slightly speed up. So, cause I was expecting that to all just be Kieran, Kieran's <laughs> loving this. I was expecting all of yeah. The, yeah. I was expecting all of um the the speed stuff to just only be in the game, but not actually in the cart. But I think it's pretty cool that the the cart actually has um, that they can change the speed of the cart given what what you're doing with the game. Um, the guy at EB tried to sell me a Luigi while I was there, and I was like, mate, next next year Cold Souls are out in the fucking couple weeks. Calm the fuck down, but uh, jeez, you should have. Apparently, Luigi's in demand because a lot of people only got Mario's. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. I guess th- that's the other negative plus for it is that if you want to play with someone, you have to fork out hundred and fifty dollars. Fork out another hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you can play with it by yourself separately as well. True. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I was doing check out the up up down streams. They've got, done a couple of videos with the. Live. I saw Austin uh, Creed first round the house. did one in yeah, the, uh, in the, Thunder in the Dome. Thunderdome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so racing around that track. Uh, how how solid is it? Because I know in that video, Akira Tozawa like ran into the steel steps um, several I've times. I've hit my wall a lot front on, and uh, it doesn't hasn't. I don't see any damage, so I don't know. I'm sure if you hit something hard enough enough times i'm sure you could probably maybe 150 cc yeah i don't know but like i I've, I've ran into my wall several times and it does that thing where it sounds like you're like oh you look at it you're like okay it's fine yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but also it's kind of annoying because every time i there was one corner i started up in the first track i did where every time i'd come around a goddamn corner someone would hit me with a shell and it would cause me to hit my own wall and i'm like this isn't my fault. Like this fucking shell that isn't real is causing my real car to hit my real wall. Fucking what a world we live in. Anyway, cool tech, cool idea. Um, I'll, I'm I'll be interested to see, uh, like if they're if if it's one of those toys that we when Christmas rolls around that you see on like people doing those lists of like this was selling like hot shit on Amazon or something like that. I reckon it will. I reckon it's gonna sell. I think they actually, I reckon they do have some faith in this. And that's why there's only Mario and Luigi to start off with. And you only race against the, the Koopa, the 
Bowser Brothers, whatever. Because then they're going to bring out every other character. Yeah, that's the thing. This is the start, right? Imagine the next iteration of this where you can have several carts and you can just race them. Of course, then the the key question here is going to go is... Why wouldn't you just race real go-karts then, Dylan? No, 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 no. But if you have several... Right, so you're going to have, like... My thing is, they're going to bring out more carts, but you're only ever going to be able to use one at a time if you are only by yourself, unless you've got people in your house that want to play it with you all the time. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, if the technology gets better, and like, let's say Switch 2 or something like that, maybe they have the ability that you could... You know what? You know what actually I would be impressed by? If you had two and I could play with one of you them. You want to race my go-kart from, from up in Shepparton. Like, like, no, no, no. But if like I could <laughs> yeah. control if I could control one of them from Shepparton that's all the way in Tasmania, that would be pretty cool. I think you're asking I for a then, lot. People can't even do that in army. I am asking for a lot. <laughs> that's drone strike. That's drone lot. strike level shit. <laughs> <laughs> the well, lag would be crazy. Yeah. But, uh, sure, why not? Bad, bad, bad gaming habits. This is I lost my fucking transformers. Like, I'm leaving that in whatever. Um, bad gaming habits. So this is something Kieran suggested like several months ago, and uh, I, I, I pinned it till there wasn't much news happening. So what is this? No, we've had what, so much news every single week. Yeah. Since I know that's impressive that we haven't needed to use this yet because I did this while I was playing Persona. So that's what long time ago, April mm, or April? May, long time ago. Aprilish. So do you, um, yeah, what inspired it and what I are your bad so, gaming habits? So so like so what inspired? So I guess we've talked in the past about games that have lots of kind of side quests or like markers on the map that you go around and you're like oh piece of candy and you get you know, which could be classed as a bad gaming habit in my opinion, but. Mine is the fact that, so I have this thing whenever, especially happened in Persona 5, whenever there is a game with a mini-map that is, like, hidden or you have to, like, reveal what's in it on the map by walking around it and physically going there, the amount of times I'd, like, walk into, like, you, do you ever get, say, for instance, example, you go to, like, a T-junction, you have the option to go left or right, and you go right just a little bit, and you see there's a small room with, like, a chest in it, and you're like, cool. But me, being the curious one, will go, oh, no, I'm going to go left and then I'll come back. But then when you go left, you trigger, like, a cutscene or something and it seals off the area for you and screws you over. That's me, like, every time, where I'll, like, miss stuff or, like, miss chests or miss, like, collectibles because I will accidentally walk into a cutscene section of the game that'll move the game forward. It's just those kinds of things that you... And I do it all the time. Like, even though I know I do it, I do it the same happened in Final Fantasy VII. The remake was just me exploring the place would move on the game and be like, fuck, I didn't mean to do this. I meant to go the other way. Um, It's just that case of exploring the map and and feeling like, for me, it's feeling the need that I have to explore the map and find absolutely everything and and keep not like letting myself do things and keep exploring and moving the game on by accident. I guess it's those things where, or like in, in shooters... A lot of the time, in both in multiplayer shooters and in the game, I reload too much. Like I will, like if I shoot two bullets, I'll just think like I've got to reload. I do that. Shoot two, shoot one more bullet, and then in you know, and it fucks me games. when I play anything that's supposed to be really realistic, and you you're losing rounds because you're throwing away clips. Yeah. 
yeah, it's those kinds of gaming habits where you know it's like Skyrim or or that that, that traditional gaming habit where you get given like a really important health potion or something and you just don't use it and it's still in your inventory by the end of the game because you're like but what but what if i need it for something later what if what if i need this mm. like i can't use it that's, now well, I might that's something it drilled into us as kids from playing pokemon because you were given one master ball <laughs> 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 kids are taught from but a young age those, never use the, use straight away never use the important things it's just those kinds of things that's ingrained in you as a player where it's like you it's just it's almost counterproductive to you playing the game or doing something or you make the game harder for yourself by just by the pure fact of oh I have this ingrained in me. Yes. So I I feel like my so when I thought bad gaming habits my one that I've actually got better over better with but Still, is the first thing I, th- I thought of for this question was that obviously several years ago I would say that I was really bad at playing anything uh, on PlayStation and being unable to forget about the fucking trophies. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so to to the degree it's it stopped me from probably playing several games before because I've looked, I've gone to play it. Look at the, looked at the trophy list and gone. Oh, this is an easy platinum. I just need to follow like a collectible guide as I play it or something. And because I've been like, oh, but I can't be fucked doing that right now. So then I've haven't bothered playing it or or continue playing it or or something like that. Or there's been other games where it's like, oh, I try and play it on hard, then I get like halfway through the game and I'm like, fuck this fucking game because I couldn't just enjoy it or or something like that. So mm. I would say that's in my past been my my really bad gaming habit because trophies have stopped me from getting stuff the good thing about being forced to play over the last couple of years with explosion network being uh forcing myself to ha- play things that weren't on playstation yeah. yeah it's like oh you know like here's i want to review this and they sent i'm like i asked for like a ps4 code but they're like oh here's a pc one i don't fucking have to play on pc like lot, lots of this stuff over the last couple of years has made me just have to play lots of different consoles that to the which has helped me like wiggle out of that care factor so much. Yeah. So that's been quite helpful. But I would have, I would have said that's probably my. I mean, they still count, but yeah, I mean, I, I still want trophies and I still go after trophies. But it's not, I'm not stopping playing something because I'm, I want to. Or especially like in the past, there'd be like times where, you know, like I could have a game. Like if we weren't doing this right in a different world, where maybe I still owned an Xbox or whatever. If there, if a game was on Xbox Game Pass and I could just play it because I'm paying for Game Pass, I'm like, oh, but it has an easy platinum, so I'll spend twenty bucks and buy it on PlayStation just to get the platinum. Or like, I won't play it on PlayStation, even though I could play it somewhere else first. You know, like say say a game comes out on Switch first, and I really want to play it, and I'm like, ah, eh, really do want to play it, but I'm just gonna wait because I'd rather wait until the platinum. So that's a lot of the the dark side of trophy hunting, I, I guess. But that's Definitely, I would say, been my worst gaming habit over the last couple of years that I, I've wiggled out of, which which is good. I had one um, when I was much younger, and this probably Dungeons & Dragons actually helped with this quite a lot, was I used to, if, if, if an outcome for something, like say if there was a choice in a game or um, like a challenge or something that had a, a variable outcome where it was, if the outcome 
didn't come up the way I wanted it to, I would like reload or restart or go back and redo it to get the right outcome. Um, I'd never just like accept failures or accept things happening and being like, as I do now because of Dungeons Dragons, where that isn't a possibility. You, you, I just accept things. No, this is this is my version of this game. Like this is my story in this game, and th- in this point, I fucked up and dealing with it and moving on. But there was very much a point where I used to oversave games, where I used to have like a billion save games and be like, oh, I can just jump back to this and reload this save. Every I time still I do that out of fear something. of a game save getting corrupted. But that's <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. No, I know that. And then, and then other people, which I guess would not make it a bad habit, would be people doing it for trophies, where it's like you need to reload it to make the other choice to get the trophy out of it. Which I really despise games that have choice-based trophies yeah. because um, it kind of takes away some of that um, uniqueness to your gameplay. Like it was a it was a hard thing. And then the only thing about Telltale games when they started to the couple of titles they put in. Um, missable trophies where you had to replay the episode to kind of get that trophy again yeah. to get the other mm. version of the trophy. Um, there's always been. Well, I know that's just a general like anyone who get, like beat trophies or achievements on Xbox. I know it's like if anyone who cares about them on any system, it's just a. I think it's an agreed upon thing that games, especially like open world games, if they have multiple choices, they should not have any trophies that are tied to making certain choices because it just is fucking annoying to play the way you want and then be like, oh, you missed out because you made this choice. Like, play another 50 hours to get <laughs> to get it. It's like, well, fuck off. Like, this this is doing that's the reason that I look at games, used to look at games and go like, oh, I need to look up the trophy guide first to make sure I don't miss anything and I'll, I'll spoil parts of the story to make sure I'm aware of things before I, I start playing the fucking game. Yeah. Ash, do you have a do you have a bad gaming habit? Uh, not really. I think maybe I undersave now. Now that autosave has become such a <laughs> uh, a frequent uh thing, like uh obviously Baldur's Gate recently. Yes, uh, it's really bad. The autosave feature in that game. autosave is really bad. I got past the big mind flayer opening bit. Start went into like a cave. Got mauled by a bunch of mind slayer little things and then it went back like a good 20 minutes yep. i'm like i've had i've had saves i did that, it twice <laughs> i had saves where it was like same hours twice. worth of gameplay yeah you did the same as say twice fucking like hours worth of gameplay just gone where it's like oh that's fucked that's which yeah. part of it's like that's kind of interesting but also the other part is shit that's not good auto saves are really important yeah very important uh and then the other thing is i'm a hoarder so like i will keep things forever like you said with the potions like i will i'll stay encumbered as long as i possibly can i pick up every single thing don't need to sell it maybe i'll switch over to that weapon at some point i don't know uh but i need to have it on me just in case it's it's like um i have an aesthetic thing in rpgs especially where if a piece of gear looks bad, but it's got better stats, I still won't wear it because it looks bad. Yeah. I... Like, flat out, like, like there was, in going back to Baldur's Gate, there's a helmet you get very early on that gives you dexterity-based stats. I put it on my rogue, and I was like, this should be great for my rogue, and it's like, oh, it's shit. And then I check, I'm like, wait, maybe there is the, which I think all games need to include, a setting to be like, turn off and not show helmets Turn off graphics, yeah. yeah. Um, 
that is like kind of an important one for me. And I looked in and it was like, nope, that doesn't have that option. Fuck. All right. I just take it off and I don't wear it. And I just yeah. sold it. When I was away. playing um, Kingdom of Amala recently, I went to equip my first helmet and went, wow, I've just hidden the face of the character that I spent like five to 10 minutes yes. making look, <laughs> look decent. Um, that's shit. And so straight away, I went to look in the options to see if there was a, a an option hidden somewhere to take the helmet off. And luckily there was. If there wasn't, I was just going to say, well, I'm not wearing helmets all game then. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> not going to happen. Fucking bullshit. I hate games that do that too, especially fancy stuff. They're like, hey, spent all this time making a character and then just... Within like yeah. the first level, there's like, here's, here's a, a shitty helmet, fucking or helmet a or a hat or, like- or some shit to, to cover yeah. up the face. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Joel. Good job. Good job, game. Um, I can't think of... I don't think I have any other... I mean, maybe I'm not being harsh enough on myself for bad gaming habits, yeah. but I, yeah. I also feel like I can't really fall into too many bad ones, I guess, given I'm just always moving on to something else. Like, I don't feel like I'm... Yeah. Does does not finishing games count as a bad habit? I feel like that's a habit everyone has. What's the, I think, what's the reason <laughs> for... I think, no, no, but I think what's the reason for not finishing? Because I think the bad habit of having to clear the map and spending too much time on side quests and doing monotonous things, like I ruined myself with the first it, time. It varies. I attempted Witcher. That's a bad habit, but... Yeah, well, there's a shiny new thing. Like <laughs> there's a shiny new game coming out, yeah. Yeah, I would say back in the PS3 era... Probably a bad gaming habit I had was I would just buy all the fucking new games all the time, and then I just like finish half of them. As like even that's where I, like half my Steam library, you know, every Steam sale, buy like fucking yeah. fifty games. That's over exaggerating, but you know, buy a billion, play like one. My, all this wasted money just buying shit. Like, I wasn't even finishing, you know. But you save money buying them. No, that's it. <laughs> Mm. you save money that you would have spent buying uh, it and then at full price and then not playing it I don't know if that quite adds up but the thing is the way you combat that is you make yourself feel better by buying the games you want in like a humble bundle yeah. sale and you're like well my money's going to a good place and I got all this other shit I got these extra well, games so that I'm not going to play either so I'm never going to play I can tell us about habit I got out of because sure. even now sometimes I'll see like a deal on Steam or a hum- humble bundle deal and I'll go I wouldn't mind two of these games. And I've, the amount of times I nowadays just add to cart and then I'll stare at it and go, realistically, Dylan, are you actually going to play any of these? And be like, no, no, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm just going to buy them yeah. and think about playing them. And then I'm going to never have the time. So fuck it. I'm saving my money. But I used to do that all the time. That was definitely, I don't know if that's a bad gaming habit or just like a bad um, money management. <laughs> money managing like habit. Bad adulting really is what, what that is because he used to do the same for, thing for movies as well and that's why i still have a pile of fucking blu-rays i'm finished because it'd be like every time i yeah. go into sanity or came out back in the day or whatever it'd be like oh fucking three for 20 blu-rays oh i better grab three of these and you know heaps of shit that i still haven't watched this day i'll just sucker for sales now i've grown up yeah <laughs> learned restraint restraint yeah so it's I, like, yeah it's like this is yeah, I don't have bad gaming habits. I'll tell you what everyone else's bad gaming habit is to tie in a, a thing that I've been bringing up on Platinum Explosion a lot lately. Everyone else that, uh, you know, eats Doritos or uh, greasy foods while gaming uh, and ruins their controllers. Disgusting. No, it's fine. Swipe down that's like my biggest, that's my biggest worry. Not even eating greasy foods, but like with the freaking dual sense being white, I'm like, 
Oh, that thing's gonna look real bad if it gets like greasy, sweaty hands oh, on right. it. Or, uh, you can get one of those plastic covers. No, it's all good. Gross. That's even worse, hate, though. So, side tangent, and then we'll wrap up the episode. Because I, I keep bringing this up on plat lately because all these goddamn food companies keep doing promos to, to give away PlayStations. It's like Hungry Jacks in Australia now. But, um, go listen to Platinum Explosion, by the way. It's not my PlayStation podcast in the ocean. It's expi- available on explosionnetwork.com. Um, but I used to eat food. Like back when I was in, you know, when I was a teen or high school, or whatever, I used to I used to snack down, eat fucking shit when I was gaming, right? And then when you get older, I feel like a thing like triggered in my brain where I was like, especially when I I, I guess I was buying my own consoles and they weren't ones the, the family brought. I guess that's like the key defining thing. Straight away in my brain's like, this is a thing I paid money for, and the idea of getting it greasy and dirty all of a sudden becomes a bad habit. So. Don't do that anymore. And I would say that anyone out there who's, uh, in case there's any secret, because Ash always stands up for this, so I think he's a secret fucking dirty eater over there while he games. Um, I would say, just fucking stop. 10, 15 minutes. Have your snack. Finish put a, it. Put a YouTube video Yeah, put a YouTube video on. Just eat and then go back to the game afterwards. You don't have to do it at the same time. Like, you know? You just need to be more selective with your... <laughs> With your choices. No. Uh, Eat things that use utensils for. What are you sitting there with chopsticks eating jelly beans? <laughs> <laughs> no, like uh, one Buddy Watson is constantly eating cereal when we're playing Apex, so. Yeah, I mean, that's okay, fair. That's a spoon, at least, I guess, if you want to, yeah. I, I'm specifically mean, like, greasy shit that you go put your hands on, like chips and shit like that, right? Just to clarify, that's a bad gaming habit. That's a bad life decision, right? <laughs> um... <laughs> All right, I'll put away your Doritos and your no, Mountain yes. Dew. Everyone. I mean, you can have the Mountain Dew unless you're putting your yes, drinking it out of your hands. So you're out of your hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's a difference. Um, or, you, or you're not very good at getting it in your yeah, mouth. That'd be quite weird. <laughs> uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Arcade Couch. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter by heading to explosionnetwork.com/slash Twitter. You can join us on Discord, explosionnetwork.com/slash Discord. Let us know what you thought about the show or things or how excited you are for next gen, all of those places, or mail at explosion.com, subject line arcade couch, and we will see you here next week. Same time, same couch, with less weeks and days to go until next gen. How exciting. Yay. What? Hey, don't forget you can subscribe to the show wherever you're currently listening, and you can drop a review if you can. Find more great shows like this and more content over at ExplosionNetwork.com and please consider supporting us for as little as a dollar over on our Ko-fi page by heading to ExplosionNetwork.com slash support. Thanks for listening.